the Hotshot with Kids Podcast Network. Beep, boop, boop, boop. We're the Hot Shot with Kids with Mike Klein Jr. and Mark Carville, and this is TV Cynics. And by that beautiful sound you can hear, we are discussing Little House on the Prairie. Now, does anyone under 30 know that theme song at all? Probably not. <laughs> I, pro, I don't know. Yeah, probably not, but I'll, it's it's possible. Just you saw your parents watching it, or you ran across it in syndication. I don't know. Well, kids you, say they don't run into things in syndication. Yeah, it's true. There is no syndication anymore. Not really. We said it a million times. Back, when we were kids, you flip through the channels. What's on is what's on, and you watch something that's that's there. You know, you have no control over what you're watching. You, you have yeah. a finite a, a amount of things that you can watch. Now it's like I want to watch this. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, that's how. But you know, yeah. it's sad because that's how you got <laughs> exposed to new things and. You don't know what you're going to watch. Like, oh, I actually like this. I actually, I'm enjoying The Honeymooners. Yeah. I'd never choose mm-hmm. to watch it. If I had options, I would never, I'd never be watching The Honeymooners. I'd never be watching like Sanford and Son or, you know, any of those old shows. But meanwhile, we didn't have a choice. And so I think we, we got a lot of benefit from that. Yeah, that's why it's like, um, it's rare for there to be any kind of like cultural phenomenon now where, everyone's watching this one thing like they're like yeah. the super bowl that's pretty much it everything else is just off there's a handful of things that gain popularity and but they're usually kind of a flash in the pan kind of thing and in the grand like, scheme of things you know, they're not even that, yeah, but, came out. but they're not even that popular like it seems like they're popular but if you look at the, the raw numbers not a lot of people's watching it true i mean true like if The show, the show in the seventies and eighties probably had like 25, 30 million viewers. Now the best show on TV gets yeah. ten tops. Yeah, like if something has six million viewers, <clears throat> it's touted as this huge hit, and everyone's talking about it. Meanwhile, that's barely a fraction. Yep. But and I guess, like you said, that everything's so fragmented. That's just how it is. If you got that many people, I guess that is a success. By t- t- we have different standards today. Yeah, there's different standards of success. Okay, so back in nineteen September eleventh, nineteen seventy four. September eleven. Have some respect. Isn't that Wait, weird? What's, what year? Nineteen seventy four. Isn't that weird? Like that date is like ruined now. Yeah. Like it must suck. If you, had a, if you have a birthday on yeah, that, yeah, or if it's your wedding anniversary, or something like it's like shit. Because now you can't even mention like, hey, when's your birthday? September eleventh. Oh. Like, listen, I wasn't born that day. I was born 30 years before that. Anyway. Ooh, what about the people who were born on that day? That's probably even worse. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, little Well, it's probably the soul of one of the parish people, I would assume. Mm -hmm. If you're born in September 11th. Most likely, yeah. If you're born on September 11th, even though you actually existed nine months for nine months before that, so you're like, when does your soul come? If, if we're exchanging souls, like if my soul goes away, it comes up into a, it would be the day I was, the, the new baby was conceived, not when I was born. No, nope. As soon as you uh, breach the vagina, there's a soul transfer. You don't know that? No, I didn't know. Yeah, a soul can't penetrate uh, uh, the belly of a, of a lady. Yeah, and that's why people, um, 
who are born through cesarean section don't have souls. That's well, a known thing. Yeah, you know what? That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Please, man. Why don't so, you do a little bit of research, huh? Yep. The regular series was preceded by a two-hour movie, which first aired on March 30th. So that's like a long time. Like, you watched a movie in March, and then in September, the show comes on. Hmm. And it aired until I'm May... I'm curious about that movie now. <clears throat> in the May 10th... It's aired until May 10th, 1982, but um, as we'll talk about a little later, like, everyone left by then. I think it was just uh, What's-Her-Face. Um, Wait, so it ended point. in 82? Yeah, but the last season or two was just, just small pint, like hanging out by herself with her family. Wow. Then I mm. really, I did not see, like any recollection I have of watching it has to be like in syndication because I'd be way too young to have any recollection. So the movie was based on the books that came out by Laura Ingalls called Little House in the Prairie. Now, I read one of them in school and it was nothing like the show. Like their house was like in the side of a mountain or in the side of a hill. It was like one of those hill houses they used to build. A uh, hill house, huh? Yeah. Based on the autobiographical cool. Little House series, episodes of Little House in the Prairie usually concern members of the Ingalls family who live on a small farm near the village of Walnut Grove, Minnesota. I didn't know it was Minnesota. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Or maybe I do and I forgot. Mm. Many of the episodes... I used to... Enjoyment. You know, it was a decent show. God. I think it uh, was. Michael Landon cried almost every episode, it seems like. He was a very He cried guy. a lot. He well, was, he was a very good screen crier. That was like one of his best, his best. Like, he would sob in his stuff. Schna- like, he, he, he would wanted to just out. cheer up a little bit. He was like snot and he would like, be blubbering. He had some kind of pain inside him that he was able to, to you know. Uses a he tool. Fucking sold it. Yeah. When he cried, you believed it. I'm like, holy shit, that dude is sad. And he was like this picturesque, like kind of handsome guy. Like you know. Yeah. He was in good shape and hey, everything. That's why, that's why he was in the movies and TV. Yeah. He had a deep voice. Good looking dude. Yes, Michael Landon. So I remember the whole. Um, so there was a townspeople. Now I remember the store owner and his wife. The store owner was like the super nice guy. So, well, I know I want to break down the characters a little bit. Well, let me go to characters. so the cast of characters. Main just, cast: Michael Landon played Charles Ingalls, the dad, who was he was a good dad. He wasn't abusive in any way. I don't. He might have beat them every once in a while. Did he or did he probably, not? Probably, but for the time that was normal. You, mm-hmm. If you were, you know, if a kid misbehaved, you hit them. He was very, that wasn't like a being a bad dad. He was that very, was actually making him a good dad. Yeah, he was very wise. <clears throat> but I want to break down some of the traits of the characters. And it's going to delve a little bit into how it started to go off the rails as the series went on. Okay. Just because, you know, Michael Landon crying. And he had, the mom? I She didn't have much of a personality as far as I remember. She didn't was, like, have yeah, a big and that impact. was a case of a lot of times. Like She was just ma. Yeah, she was the ma. She was just kind of like that steadying force that was just there. She's yeah. the ma. She doesn't really do a whole lot. She does ma stuff. And normally the ma would help out, be the nice person when the dad's a real asshole. But I don't think um, Charles was all... He was a nice guy throughout the series. Like, he was never an asshole. Yeah, do you think Michael Landon would have his character be a bad guy? Hell no. 
No, because he loved. So you know, he, was he the loved main family. Guy. F- family Fair, like programming was his deal. Like that was his deal. He loved family movies. Yeah. He started off on um Bonanza, of course. He was little uh, little Joe. A little Joe. <clears throat> and he. But then it's just a, a taste of how it started to go off the rails. Just the the idea of the one daughter being on again, off again, blind. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. I just want to talk about Michael Landon. He um, I was on. He had a network show for like thirty or forty years or something. Because yeah, he's prolific. He, that guy. From nineteen fifty nine to nineteen seventy three, he was on Bonanza. From seventy four, the next year he joined Little Austin Prairie. From seventy four to eighty three. 1984-1989 Howie to Heaven and then he died like two years oh, later and he he had a new show that was about to come on where so he died yeah it was gonna be another show where him and some guy were just going around America like helping people so basically Howie to Heaven but a, a diff, but he wasn't an except angel except not an angel yeah and if you don't think we're doing Highway to Heaven on this show you got another fucking thing coming so yeah this guy hell like yeah we're doing 59, 69, 69. Eight, 30 years he was on he had a net he was on network TV yeah I mean that's man, crazy that's, that's quite a run like is there anybody else not kind of like a, a talk show like a regular like yeah soap opera but those people don't uh, don't carry it they're just bit players you have like the Susan Lucci's like he had no bro like he got fired and he was right back at it I don't think he even got fired. He just kind of moved on. It kind of ran its course. And like, Bonanza, right, next... Bonanza had 438, 28 episodes. Yeah. Which is insane. Definitely it ran its course. Yeah. I think that was like the longest, one of the longest running shows. No, I think it was that in the, in the uh, Ozzy and Harriet or something. And then The Simpsons just blew everybody away. Yeah. Because they just will never end and The Simpsons. Anime, that's a whole different thing. The Simpsons was beyond forever. Yeah. Somehow it's but still, I, I, it gets enough ratings. Well, we, I guess we could talk about The Simpsons someday. Yeah. But I want to delve a little bit into the dynamics between the other family not being the Ingalls. The other main family, I think, was the shop owner who was a henpecked cuck, his bitch wife. Yeah, they were the, they were the Daltons. Even bigger bitch daughter. Oh, the, the Olsons. The Olsons. Richard Ball played Nels Olson, yeah. who was like the nicest guy. His wife was like a... He was super nice. Huge bitch. And he, she walked all over him, and he just took it. Do you ever notice that there, when there's a busybody kind of bitch wife, that the guy is usually nice? Yeah. He's kind That's, of like this like, I don't know that, submissive little, uh, you know... I'm not sure if that happens in real life, but well, uh, in TV, it did. Remember that that old horrible lady that was my manager at Burger King? Her husband was like a nice guy. Did he have a nice husband? Hmm. Yeah, we thought he was gay too. That was our theory. Yeah, it probably was. I don't know. It's like, listen, like, you know, my I know my wife's a bitch, but I don't care. I don't want to fuck her. And then, of course, the Olsons had uh, had had Nellie, their horrible, that horrible daughter. Horrible. She was just a horrible person. Listen, I want to call her a cunt, but I have too much class to do that, so I'm yeah, not. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. And then um, there was other families around the, the town that they would, you know. But those were the two main with. ones, though. Like, all storylines revolved around them. True. Like, you know, you had 
um, Michael Landon's friend, who's his friend forever because he was his, he was a sidekick there. He was a sidekick in uh, Victor French. Highway to Heaven. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he was. So you, just, you had that dude. Merlin Olson, the the ex football player, was also on the show. You had like your few, you know, like the people that were around, but they weren't like really big yeah. contributors. So one of the daughters, I believe, she hit her head. And went blind. I think that was a thing, or there was an yeah. explosion. Like there was some weird thing. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it's she insane. was blind for a time, and then she hit her head again, regained her sight. Yeah, and she married a blind now, dude, and then like they they were they were going back and forth with being blind. Apparently, in little little house in the prairie world, if you go blind, don't worry, as long as you hit your head right, you'll get yeah. your vision back. Or if in there's a, a fire, particular way, you'll get it back. But then don't worry either, because if you die, Michael Landon will build a shrine, a giant crucifix on a mountaintop, carry your corpse up there, pray hard enough so that you come back to life. That was an episode. Well, Michael Landon's stuff always had this undercurrent of, of like a secular religion, like a secular Christianity. It, it wasn't like specific, yeah. and they didn't mention Jesus. It was all about God and, you know, kind of like a generic religion that he used to do. So he didn't want to offend yeah. anybody. So he just talked about... It was Christian light. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to turn off, you know, other uh, denominations. So it's just like, let's just get God. We got the crucifix, we got God. Yep. But we're really, really into it, though. Yeah, but they didn't mention Jesus. Because really religious people actually mention Jesus more than they say yeah. God. You but know. again, listen, we'll turn away a bunch of people if we did that. So, yeah, a little vague. The other thing is that Jason Bateman was just like this, uh, this kid who was like wandering the streets and they just adopted him in the last couple seasons. He was. He, I didn't know, oh, I didn't know he was on it. Yeah. Remember they adopted a little kid towards the end? Vaguely. Like, like he was like the scared little kid. Like they found him like underneath a porch somewhere and they're like, hey kid, come on. And they like lured him out with food and they brought him back home. Put him like in his crate. Dog. Yeah, like a, Come on, buddy. He's like Come a stray kid, like a stray dog, and they picked him up. Arf, arf, arf. Yeah, that was like in seasons. That was seasons, um, uh, that was later on, what was it? Season seven and eight. So a lot, the last two seasons of actual Little House in the Prairie. So yeah, so nice. Wow, it's like, you know what? Little House in the Prairie invented that trope. You thought like that trope was... Yeah, you know, like, oh, remember when they did that in Growing Pains? Because uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was a homeless kid who the Seavers adopted. But apparently, uh, Little House made that shit. I don't even remember how uh, Leonardo even showed up. Like, he just showed up at the door, is what I remember. You know, he was homeless. He was a homeless kid. And the same the same premise. He was homeless, befriended the family, and they say, hey, homeless kid. Apparently, laws don't mean anything. You could just live with us. We'll take care of you. Yep. And there was a lot of uh, special guests. You might remember Willie Ames from Charles in Charge fame. He showed up on Little House in the Prairie. Uh, Dude's everywhere. Billy Barty showed up for two I, episodes. Peter Billingsley. I saw a picture. I saw a picture of uh, Zapped. So I don't know if it's on Netflix or something or Amazon Prime. But like, oh no, I think it's Amazon Prime. It showed up as movies that you'd like. Like, they know me so well. They know I want to watch Zapped. Uh, James Cromwell was on here. David Plastino of uh, Married with Children. Louis, Louis Gossard uh, Jr. 
Ernie he, Hudson? Did he die or is he still alive? Louis Lugasa Jr.? It's, yeah. He is 84 and alive. Oh, good for him. Man, what I'm the, waiting for Iron Eagle 5. Well, I don't know. He's pretty old now. Sean Penn with, with an uncredited student extra. So Sean Penn was just like in class with them one time. Wow. Wish I was old enough to be in Little House. Yeah, that would have been cool. Doing my studies. That would have been cool to be like one of the students. Yeah, just like a background. That way I could like later on in life and it's like, hey, check this out. Look at this episode of Little House in the Prairie. And like, see, there's me in the back in the back corner. You see that? And there I am. I'm yeah, writing my ABCs. Yeah, you're you're walking behind uh, Laura, um, staring at her ass. Because you know they're always walking with their books between their arms and all that. Yeah. I would. I would. Didn't. I would. I invented the book bag. Yeah, I wish I would have been on that show. Now, did you? Yeah. Did you? Did, uh, did you think uh, Laura was attractive when she got older? Sarah Gilbert, not Sarah Gilbert. Um, what's what's all her name? Sarah Gilbert's Darlene. I forget her name. Melissa Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, she was always cute. She um later on in her life she became the president of the Street Screen Actors Guild, so she was president. Did Gilbert. she? Yeah, and of course her little sister, her. her little sister was on Roseanne. And then didn't she marry um is it Bruce Boxleitner or something like that? Different actor. He was on M. Babylon 5. I was going to say Amazon 5, but it's different. Babylon. Babylon. They should make a show called Babylon 5. Just five people just babbling to each other. I I make myself laugh with that because sometimes I, I want to go up. I think about going up to somebody and saying, hey, you want to hear something crazy? And they'll say, what? And I'll just go. Blah, 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 blah. Just say something crazy. And I make myself laugh because it's silly. And does anyone do it? No, I know, I've never done it, but I, I'm, in my head, I, I say that to people. Oh, I thought you were actually doing this stuff. No, no, but it sounds funny. I'd have a good time if I did. Yeah. You should try some So, I'm curious with Little House. So, you said that most of the characters left. Was there an overarching storyline, or was it all standalone episodes? I think they were pretty much standalone episodes. Like some things would be like, you know, the blindness and all that would go on. There was always two parts. They all nothing st- that carried throughout the series, though, right? Yeah. And you, you, did you? I don't know if you knew this, but they invented the forward pass in football on Little House in the Prairie. There was an episode There's where they played football, football and they invented the forward pass, which was not accurate and historically accurate in any way. But that's what they did. Yeah, good for them. They'd also invented uh, Reverse Cowgirl, if you recall that episode. Ma and Pa. So to go more in depth with the uh, television series characters, uh, Charles Ingalls' father, husband, father, and grandfather. Not much of a thing. Mary is the eldest daughter of Charles and Caroline, the older biological sister of Laura, Carrie, and Grace. As a young child, she was extremely studious and constantly performed well academically. She was tomboyish. She was less tomboyish than Laura and obedient. That's right. Fucking obedient. She becomes she falls into depression and becomes increasingly agitated after falling blind at age fifteen. Well, then she becomes unblind, so you know, no, don't get too bent out of shape over it. Yeah. 
if that were real and I went blind, I'd just be constantly whacking myself in the head every day. Like, listen, I can do this. So the, uh, as we always do, the first episode was the um, a Harvester of Friends. On September, this is the Harvester of Sorrow. Yeah, this is the, the English family moves to the banks of Plum Creek near Walnut, Walnut Grove, Minnesota, and Charles gets a job, job at Hanson's Mill for the lumber to build the little house. Oh, that was the other thing. He was all, he never had a job, prop job. He was always just doing odd jobs to make different. He like always had schemes. This guy. How are you supporting that giant family just with odd jobs, man? Get a proper, you know, a career going. Like he got a job at the mill, but that was just so he could build his house. He wasn't gonna stay there. He didn't want to keep that job. He just needed some wood. But then, well, yeah, okay. So first off, where's your family living until you finish that house? And, and what kind of job? Like, How imagine if you went to a mill and go, hey, if you let me work here, I don't want any money. I just want you to give me some wood so I can build a house. Yeah, pay me in wood, <laughs> not dollars. Because you could feed your family on wood. Yep. Well, back then, I guess you could just hunt. But I think they had a farm. I'm not even sure if he did any no. farming, this guy. Yeah, I don't know what he did. I got a job at Burger King, and it's like, just pay me in Whoppers. Then needing a I earned three whoppers a day. So he got a job at the mill for a couple weeks so he could get some wood. Then he he needed a plow and wheat seeds to make a crop. He has a disappointing um, encounter with the Olsons, and he makes a tough deal that with the feed and seed merchant O'Neill. Had to trade one of his daughters. That was rough. That was a harsh episode to watch. So he had a lot of work to do, but then they were having a picnic, and he, that was another big thing in the first episode. It's a lot going on. This guy's going around. Having a Wheeling and dealing, then he's worried that his picnic. Wait, that. Then he's worried about this picnic family. Picnics can not go off. Them. Yep. Picnic. It's rough. It's a rough life this guy had. That's a lot going on in the first episode, mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, so it kind of goes in chronological order because um, the second episode is them going to the first day of school. And now there's a lot of talk about like whether how accurate the storylines were compared to the books, but I think Michael Landon's writers it kind of moved away from the book in a lot of ways, or they just used it as inspiration for stories. Because um, Laura Ingalls Wilder, yeah, there was a bunch thing. of books. There was like it was like a whole series of books. And then I also yeah. there was this other one episode I remember. Somebody I like how schools were back then. Just one class. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. It's like everyone's in one room, and it's like you got kindergartners, you got seniors. We're all learning. The other thing, yeah, I don't know how anyone can learn. Well, You're all learning the same thing. I don't think there was any seniors, because most, most people dropped out early. Like, how does that work? Yeah, I don't know how you teach all the kids the same thing. Like, I already know this shit. What are you doing? Or I guess you went to work. But I've been learning this every year for the last 10 years. You're... you're, you're, you're you're teaching the same thing to these, you know, these five-year-olds. I'm 15. The um, the other episode I remember was uh, there was some old yeah, man. Yeah, so like I don't know how that worked. I don't know. Some old man, I don't know if it was a grandfather or something. He was a writer of some sort, and he fell for one of those publish your own book scams. Like they'd use contemporary shit and then just stick it, in, and then they just you those know, ours. and just crowbar into this this period piece. So he bought a bunch of copies of his own book. The old man got uh, scammed on the internet. 
Yeah, he bought a bunch of copies of his own book. I remember that when I was a kid. Well, like, you we'll, we'll publish your book. These will be good-looking books, but you, you know, you'll just be stuck with 300 books because you can't sell them. Well, if you're, look, that's on you. Write a, write a really good book, and people will buy it. So Michael Landon, this, this uneducated moron, he, he figured it out. Like, whoa, Grandpa, you're gonna be, you're getting scammed here. And I guess they just raised the money and did it anyways to like make him feel good. Like, all right, you're published, man. So this old man just died thinking he was everyone's a, buying a book. Yeah, this old man just figured he was a published author. Like, like anybody yeah. on the, like any farmer, well, you know, have the money to do that. <laughs> Do you think anyone is going to be that nice to you at the end? Let's say you're an old man. So everyone in the city is going to give you a little bit of money so that like the day before you die, you're like a millionaire and you're going to die happy knowing that you're rich. But meanwhile, it's just a sham. Like everyone's just being nice. Yeah. So you we can't spend we it because your dad will take the money back tomorrow. Fast forward nine seasons to May 10th, 1982. It was a two, well, actually, May 3rd and May 10th of 1982, the uh, Little House in the Prairie would end its its final its run. But there would be another season. I'll get to that in a second. Charles, Albert, James, and Mr. Edwards traveled to Sleepy Eye in business. James went and opened a savings account with his birthday check from Bit. Uncle Jed. Walks in the bank as it's being robbed. James is shot and critically wounded, and the doctor, oh, yeah, that was the doc. Remember him? town doctor oh yeah I was coming with his bag mm-hmm. although I can't picture him yeah. now I picture the, oh now I can but I when I picture the doctor in the house, I picture the doctor on Deadwood for some reason but they look totally different now I when I picture when I picture the doctor in Little House I'm picturing the um the, the kind of cuckolded uh <laughs> no, shopkeeper no he had like glasses him carrying a bag. and he wore a black suit all the time James is shot and critically wounded. Yeah, the doctor tries to tell Charles that inquiries are that the injuries are potentially fatal. Charles and Mr. Edwards and later Albert, against Charles' orders, set out to track down the villains. Ooh, I'll get them. They'll get their comeuppance. Melissa Gilbert does not appear in this episode. James remains comatose after a successful mm. operation to remove the bullet. By the way, you get shot in eighteen, whatever year it was. You're not fucking living. You're fucking dead. Yeah. You're gonna get. You're gonna. It's get, over for you. There's Sorry, no man. antibiotics. You know. You, you're gonna get. A, you're gonna get. Um. Um. Infection. Infection, and it's it's just not gonna work out for you. James remains comatose after a successful operation to remove the bullet, and they're always trying to remove the goddamn bullet. In real life, they don't remove bullets. Well, back then, do you think they would have known that? I don't they know. They can't do an X-ray and say, "Oh, you know what? It's near these uh, this artery. So if we go to get it, I'm going to nick that. You're going to bleed out, dude." But even in movies today, like they're like, "Gotta get the bullet out." Like that's like like we get the bullet out, you're you're saved. It's not the bleeding, the internal bleeding that's going to kill you. It's the bullet. Yeah, it's like listen, it's the damage the bullet caused on your on its way through your body. That's the that's the real issue here. They usually just leave bullets in. If it's, not hurt, if it's not hurting anything, there's people walking around with bullets in them. Look at me. I'm riddled with bullets. Yep. Um James remains comatose after after the operation. Charles refuses to accept Doc Baker's prognosis that James will not recover, but because he believes in God and has told him James will be healed. When his family and friends question if he's losing his grip on reality, Charles takes James away into the woods 
and built a shelter and a stone altar, refusing to leave it until James recovers. <laughs> so you must have remembered the series finale. Yeah, I remember that. I remember him holding the body up. Charles prays to God know, pray. for a miracle. And this, it happens. This episode he wakes the, up. The final appearance of Caroline until the last Pharrell, Carrie, Grace, Cassandra, and James, and um, Melissa Gilbert does not appear. She narrates the episode, but she doesn't appear in the last two episodes of the series she stars in, which is kind of weird. That is weird. So the next year... I wonder... I'm wondering if there was a bit of... Uh... A little bit of conflict on there. Do you think maybe there's a reason she wasn't in the last episode? It's like, listen, I'll narrate it, but I, there's like things going on that she didn't approve of, maybe storyline wise. She's like, fuck, I'm not going to be in this shit. Bringing people back from the dead. He's going to be a zombie. So that was the last episode. But the next year for the 82 to 83 season, Little House of Prairie, a new beginning started. The city is also known as Little House of New Beginning. When Michael Landon decided to leave the show, it got his new, it got its new name. The focus was put on the characters of Laura and Almanzo, who, was who Laura married, and more reoccurring actors were, were added. Lennon did, however, stand as executive producer and wrote and directed occasional episodes as well. So he just kind of hung out and didn't want to be in the show anymore for some reason. How long did that series go on for? One season. It's the spring oh, of 1887. It? Charles, having suffered a hard winter and wanting to pursue a promising life, has moved the family to Burr Oak, Iowa. He completes the sale of their homestead in the, on, to the Carter family from New York and is given a farewell party by his friends. John Carter is the new town blocks, blacksmith and his wife Sarah starts a newspaper. The Walnut Grove Gazette. John Carter? Isn't that that Disney movie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's a crossover coming. Okay, I like that. He went to Mars. So I guess like they just have adventures without Michael Landon showing up. But he does occasionally show up. And the mom's not around either. Came and then the final, oh, final would've... episode of the series was on March 21st, 1983. Anything happen? Um, somebody's claiming custody. I don't know all the characters. Mr. Edwards helps him decide to leave town to live with his father and then blah, blah, blah. So that's it. The final Pharrell. Right? There was yeah. a couple movies too. Uh, Little House, uh, back to look back to yesterday. And a little else, bless all the dear children, whatever the hell that was, the last for, for well. <clears throat> so the Little House series, the Little House whole thing ended on February 10th, 1984. Hmm. It's too bad you can't have any Little House reunions. They're all dead. I don't know, I think Caroline's still around. Yeah, well, you need more than that. Yeah. Um, I think now you'd have like three characters. Hmm. Not enough. So that was a, that was it for that show. It ended, and um, I guess it's still at decent ratings. The conclusion of the 1983 NBC, despite still ranking the top 30, Little House had two consecutive years of declining ratings, and Landon had not imagined the series lasting long enough for Laura to become an independent married woman. So he was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Listen, times have changed. I'm so, not a fan. So to wrap it up, they made the TV movies, and they aired, and then the last appearance of Harriet Olsen, who does not appear in the post-series movies. So that was it. And uh, Michael Landon would go on to be on Little House in the Prairie and then die of uh, cancer. And that was it. Yeah. I. You know what? I, I guess there's always a place for this type of show. I feel like Seventh Heaven 
was a, a modern day little house. Yeah, there's been other ones. Agreed. Yeah, it's yeah. Similar. So like, there's a place for for this kind of show. But they had like serious topics that were like you know, that they would never have a little house. You know, sex yeah. and everything. I don't think there was any well, sex going on in little house. Yeah. I do know in Seventh Heaven, should... Jessica Biel got uh, sent off to Buffalo for uh, punishment. I know. Seeing all the snow out the window. <laughs> she stood for... I... Yeah. I am a Jessica Biel fan. Anyway, we'll do that show another time. So that was Little House. Probably doesn't hold up, but you know what? Well, I think it, it's, it's, for, uh... for what it was, I think it still holds up. I don't know, but it was prolific because even if it doesn't hold up, it's still remembered. You know, it's still kind of, it, it almost has a legacy that's carrying on. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was powerful. Anyway, honchowizkids.com, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Tell a friend about Little House on the Prairie.